are back. We are back. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Match Point Number Nine, a tennis bets podcast. I am your host, David EJ Berger. You can find our show handle at MP9 Tennis. And chances are, if this is your first time listening, that's how you found us. Welcome. Hello. And if you're a returning listener, which I have to say, we are growing. Thank you. Thank you for listening to us once again. With me, as always, is a very sad number one tennis talking bro because he's also the number one tommy paul goat lover Derek, hello what's up everyone i'm uh currently owing three on bets today it's a great start <laughs> coming uh, in coming yeah and i got uh tiafo later today i know you aren't gonna get to this show in time but uh you should just bet against tiafo the way that things are going but other than that i mean that's how betting works you know doing good though this has been a good week uh we also are very lucky to uh to get john reed at jr tweets tennis tennis gambling expert and writer betting content extraordinaire here at tibbets tennis he writes for action network at betting expert the guy does it all and uh if you bet tennis chances are you know this guy so john welcome uh thanks for joining us once again thanks for having me back had a blast last time we got a so I'm glad we can do this. Uh, do this again. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, by I, the way, too, I'm with Derek. I started the day zero and three, and yeah. it was like one of my biggest bets in about two months was on Cam Nori minus three and a half. So uh, yeah, it's uh, coming in hot. I was like, oh, oh, just you wait. I've got, I've got, I'm gonna one up this guy in just a second with how bad I am. All right, <laughs> but I've got three of my last four to end the day. So I'm like, you know, I pulled some of it back. Well, uh, everyone's tuned in for uh, some hot experts is now turning off. <laughs> we got to hold my beer in the worst way here. Uh, how about I cash Felix uh, this morning? Uh, FAA, a nice no sweat win. So we, we got that. And I hit Nori live too. So that was pretty sweet. I enjoyed that. Oh, and we finally got Fritz. We'll, we'll go over that. We got, I got a show sheet here. We can go down. But uh, I thought we, we should point out some of our wins before we continue. <laughs> So people might want to keep listening. Um, but, uh, you know, I feel like people tune in for the fun as well as the picks. So let's let's keep it loose. And that's why we're here. We're here to have fun and talk about tennis. All right. Well, I, I got here a quick recap of last week in Montreal. And we we kind of stumbled to an end last week, Derek, with like <laughs> trying to figure out who's hot, who's heating up. But we did end up with Herc in the final. And that prediction came uh, true. So that was pretty good. Well, we didn't have Busta, which I don't think a lot of people did. He kind of came out of nowhere to win that thing. We also keep counting out Evans and he keeps making us pay. We did have Rude. Rude was like a plus 150 dog against Felix last week. Uh, Catch that. We also had Felix beating Nori. Uh, so uh, some wins and some losses last week for us. Fritz didn't come through for us once again. <laughs> Once again, at least he didn't almost die last week. But John, John, you had a great experience last week. You were in uh, Toronto for the WTA side. Uh, what was it like seeing some live tennis? Talk about your experience over there. Oh, it's always fun. I mean, I'm, I'm at the Rogers. I guess it's the National Bank Open now um, presented by Rogers. But I go every year. It's a lot of it's a lot of fun. Uh, this was a better year than most. Last year, I didn't go because of all the restrictions with COVID. You could only sit on center court. And I'm like, well, hell, I mean, if you're not going to lower the ticket prices and I'm only going to be able to see the only match that I can watch are the ones you put on center court. I'm not going to go uh, this year. They had like some really cool drink concepts and they're trying to figure out, you know, like the, the U S open has their signature drink and all these tournaments. So they had two or three that were really nice. They had some live music uh, as well. Not a lot of indoor space, which kind of sucks. Uh, I was there Monday to Thursday day session. So, you know, you're in the sun for six hours, but yeah. uh, great tennis. I got to see Serena's last win in Canada. So, you know, I was really happy about that. Got to see Iga Sriantec a couple times. I uh, got to see Coco Goff in that great match against Sabalenka. Saw some of the Rabakina match too. Those are both like crazy three setters. So it was, it was it was a blast, and you can get right up on court outside of center court, like every including the grandstand. You can get right up, and and you're really close. So uh, seats are great. I love it. And uh, yeah, we want to encourage people as much as we love to be degenerates at home, uh, watching the the, <laughs> the, the live uh, odds go back and forth, get out there, see some, some live tennis support. Uh, it always sucks when you turn on TV and there's no one in the stands. Uh, and I think that tennis deserves better than that. So uh, get out there and go watch some tennis live in person. Going to have some chances here coming up uh, in America. So if you are an American listener, a couple options still on the calendar. Hopefully betting can be the gateway uh, drug for people uh, <laughs> moving forward. I think the sport is embracing it. We're seeing the on screen uh, on tennis channel, the live odds. I wish they would post uh, better live odds than uh, he's minus 1000 to win the match right now. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, he is up six, three. 
<laughs> it crushed the first set. So thank you for that hot fucking news on the pipeline. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, um, that's why we're here to talk betting. So uh, Western and Southern Open in Cincinnati this week. Uh, the big headline so far is Ben Shelton, guys. We talked a lot about this kid last time with John on this podcast. And uh, I mean, if you've been betting on Ben Shelton, we're eating shellfish on Shelton, baby. This guy is cashing as a, a nice dog. The first match he had, it was a kind of an easily predictable win against Sinego. I mean, if you are a routine tennis better, you know Sinego stinks on hard. You know Ben Shelton has been ripping on hard. <laughs> So it wasn't exactly, you know, the biggest leap of faith. Uh, and it was a great spot to, to chase him as a dog. Uh, it, took, it took three sets to get there, but he did pull through. And then, I mean, today, a massive win as a four and a half game underdog against the world number five, Casper Rude. I mean, ooh, John, you are a big uh, Shelton guy. I'm sure you've been cashing on Shelton the last couple of days. I did. I cashed the over in the last match. Then I had a personal bet at about plus 147 as well against Sinego. Today, I didn't trust him enough. My guy, I've been following him on the challenger circuit, been talking him up, and then I played the over today. And that was like, you know, I lost money today, lost money on that match, but I can't really complain because, you know, like it's so good to see Ben Shelton doing this right now. He's like locked in top 200 for sure, debut next week. And at this stage, I looked up the live rankings. He's 171. And the only guy that is playing within like 10 or 15 positions behind him is Gilles Simone. He's at a freaking challenger. So like he's pretty much locked into top 175 debut. Now if he can now Cam Norrie didn't look that good today either. Keep that in mind. Like he looked piss poor against Andy Murray. His return game, his signature return game was Norby seen. Murray won like 88% of his first serve points through like a set and a half or two sets. If you can't take more than 12% against Andy fuck Murray, how the hell are you going to return Ben Shelton massive <laughs> lesty sir? Dude, uh, let's see. I took the over in the first set. Was it what, nine and a half Same. games? Yeah, uh, that was brutal. Like I was like going into it. I'm like, hell yeah, dude. Shelton can freaking hold and everything like that. He played too good. I lost <laughs> the bet because Shelton's too good. I know. Yep. It, I losing that because Shelton was too good. Yeah, brutal. Uh, yeah, I was like, the read was wrong, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Was I wrong? <laughs> well, you Sheldon... knew that Sheldon wouldn't get broke, which I think was the read. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I just didn't think he was just going to smash root around the court like that. That was uh, that was a fun one. But obviously, maybe, yeah, do I just take Sheldon money line next time? Because obviously I was uncomfortable doing that against Rude. But uh, yeah, I guess well, it's not a bad idea. It's already up. The line is uh, he's plus four against Nori, and he's a plus, plus 240 dog against Cam Nori. Let's also factor in Cam Nori has been playing a lot. He's made yeah, deep yeah. runs over the last couple of weeks, and it is hot. And we know that Ben Shelton has an endless amount of shirts that he can change into to keep himself <laughs> fresh. So yeah. Did he go sleeveless again today, like <laughs> mid-match? So we know he's going to be fresh out there. The one thing I would I would note here, if you're going to to look at Shelton versus Nori for a that'll play on Thursday, would be look if he's gonna if he's gonna take it to Cam Nori. I mean, I would just play the money line, the plus four. Like, I, if Nori's return game returns to him, I suppose uh, I think Shelton could be in a bit of trouble because I do think Cam is tactical enough to find ways to hold even against the young athletic. Like it's kind of a total contrast in styles, right? Two lefties. One is more yeah. wily out there. One is more construct point, set it up, hit the rope in space. The other one's just, I'm going to bash the ball down your throat and beat you that way. And so if Nori's return game comes back and it's working, I feel like he's just going to win like six, three, six, two or something like that. And Shelton maybe runs out of gas. He had a long week in Chicago. But if Shelton is going to keep it close, man, I would just rather have that money line ticket. Honestly, I'd, I'd rather just play the money line if he's going to ball out again. So um, I'm not the biggest on underdog spreads in general, but I think in this specific spot, you'd, I'd rather have the plus 240 in my in my pocket than, than four games. Yeah, I'm letting it ride. I'm going to put a little on Shelton money line. Uh, that is a good point about fatigue on, I already said the fatigue on the Nori side. There could be some fatigue on the Shelton side as well. But I mean, this kid plays tennis in Florida. I'm sure he's used to the heat. He is young. I mean, he's got the the youth on his side here. 
a bonus for him. Let's keep it rolling with uh, some other headlines. Dennis uh, Shapovalov uh, actually won some matches, guys. Uh, let's. Uh, this is breaking news. Uh, <laughs> 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 we have a Shapo win. He's actually got a couple wins here as a as a dog. I mean, he beat uh, Dimitrov in straights as a small dog. I think he closed around like plus one hundred five ish. Uh, I would have played. Th- I-, I did play it live plus 140 um, i think he went down like love 15 on serve and it got up to 140 i was like i mean it seems like he's gonna hold i don't know so i took a shot and um came through for me then he beats tommy paul today i saw on bet online he got up to plus 148 i was pre-match, like right? pre-match i was like plus 148 against i know tommy paul's been playing well but let's like let's go i said it might be time to fade the noise a little bit pull out the vacuum <laughs> Like, should Shapovalov be a plus 148 dog against Tommy Paul? And now this was a very weird match, so you can probably go look at this both ways. Uh, but I still feel like that was kind of an egregious number to put on someone with Shapovalov's talent who could, you know, he he could summon his, his game at any moment. And I, I ended up not playing it because I'm like, I have no no clue. But I, I did. I, Derek, you can be my my witness. I did send you the Canadian flag that I thought it was going to yeah. be be a big Canada day today. <laughs> yeah, last night you did uh, predict that it was going to be a big Canada day. Where you were going to go in on Felix and Chapo. I of course bought into my own noise with Tommy Paul and then bet him after he was down a break. Um, what he gave up the first service game and he was down two zero in the yeah. first set and then yeah and then Tommy just came back. Showed what he can do, wins the first set, and then goes up two breaks, up 4-1 in the second set. Some kid faints in the crowd. There's some extended delay. I don't know what the hell happened during that delay. He proceeds to lose eight straight games. It was mind-blowing. I don't know what happened. Does he have ADD or something like that or what? (laughs) There was something that just cooked the wrong way during that freaking extended break where that kid fainted. I, I don't know. It is just mind blowing to me that it was just absolutely unnecessary that he just had a complete meltdown. Agreed. John, what do you think of that one? Uh, it's one of those chapeau weeks, isn't it? It's like he does this three times a year, one once at a slam and once or twice at a master's event. So he can keep his freaking top 25 to top 50 ranking, get into all the big fields, <laughs> suck all year that have three good events and maintain his ranking. Like it's so annoying. I don't even give a damn if this kid's from like 15 minutes north of Toronto. Like he's so unlikable. Like I, I, I don't know. I can't stand him. And I just, I root against him, even though like he's a, he's Canadian and it's like, we need to grow Canadian tennis. Yeah, let's grow it through like Layla and, you know, Felix and, and whatever. Like not through this guy. Cannot stand him. The guy doesn't think on court. And then just bashes his way to winning from a set and double breakdown against Tommy Paul. Just, oh, can't stand him. Okay. If he didn't have a quote unquote rap career, would you like him more? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was just the, t- that was just the cherry on top. Okay. That, that, that isn't one of the basis, bases of, of the dislike. That's just like added dislike <laughs> it's like bonus that freestyle quote-unquote freestyle i have to put all his entire rap career in quotes that indian wells that one year is the funniest damn thing i've ever seen in my entire life and then he it's not even a freestyle because he has to go get his phone to check the lyrics at one point I was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the greatest thing i've ever seen like how does somebody do this in a post-match interview uh, yeah I- i'm glad to hear that somebody from canada actually has common sense and was like, dude, I freaking hate this dude. <laughs> well, he's about to get uh, shown the door by Medvedev in the next match. So, uh, <laughs> but I will say, I'm not um, even confident in that. I'm not even confident in that. Like, I could totally see him just freaking again bashing, like not letting Medvedev get to that forehand with his lefty game, just keep trying to pick on his. But that would require point construction and, and tactical thinking. So maybe not. Maybe he's not going to be able to. <laughs> Uh, like Medvedev's back, it isn't weak per se, but if he can keep it away from that damn forehand on in his service games, he can keep it close. But again, that requires thinking That's no true. confidence in him being able to do that. All right. Well, we finally got our Fritz Kyrgios match and we finally got our Fritz cash on that, which was great. We've only talked about that on like three different podcasts and it finally happened and we were finally right, um, which was great. Um, I lost on Hubie live. Um, I took him plus 140 against Isner. I guess, you know, he went deep last week. I don't know. I just like Isner's been so like Isner has been bad this year. I think he has a losing record overall on hardcore, which is that's kind of like his bread and butter. 
<laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I think I've made worse bets in my life than QB plus 140 there. He did win the second set after that. And then uh, we talked about Nori going three with Murray. The ball seems to be zooming much quicker courts than last week. Lots of tie breaks so far. Hold percentage way up compared to last week, uh, except for the karatsev Schwartzman match, which uh, was uh, streaming on only breaks uh, for a little bit there in the second <laughs> second set. Rest of the week, uh, weather-wise, somewhat cloudy. And in the 80s, no rain until Sunday, but it's Ohio. That could change. So kind of um, a little bit of uh, a tournament so far and a, a look ahead to the weather and the conditions as we hop into some red-hot draw talk. All right, guys, we've talked about our losses so far. Let's look for some winners here the rest of the way. And I, I think... I think we'll find some start with the the top half here with uh, we we've mentioned Medvedev and Chapo a little bit already. I, I move Medvedev on here. Here's the thing. We, we I mentioned the whole percentage. So if Chapo does serve, he can serve pretty well. So if he can hold his serve, which he was already broken a couple times against uh, Tommy Paul. So he, you know, his serve was great against Dimitrov, not so great against uh, Tommy Paul until he turned it on. I personally think Medvedev is going to wax Chapo. I, I would even look at a 2-0 here, uh, bet because I think that I think the market is going to flip a little bit, and we're no longer going to see a depreciated Chapo, and we're going to get back to those regular Chapo prices. Yeah, I think the other part of it too is like the the one big thing in this matchup is the return game, right? I mean, that's the the most clear difference between Medvedev and Chapo. Although I do think Chapo has like the game and athleticism to compete with Medvedev. Like, you know, the serve, it, he doesn't have a huge advantage there. Like, Med's got one of the biggest first serves out there as well. But the rally tolerance, the point construction, and then the return game all favor Medvedev. And I think that's where you do find, like, I can't fault you for saying you think you're, he's going to wax him. Because, I mean, you look at those three components where Medvedev has a huge advantage. And the one spot Shapovalov can compete, Medvedev's right there with him, right? So, he does, like, there's nothing Shapovalov really does particularly better uh, than Medvedev. Yeah, I got to go with the same opinion. I mean... I understand that Chapo just beat the goat and Tommy Paul, but <laughs> I mean, Medvedev's the guy that kind of kind of guy that just has such an awkward game that can just absolutely frustrate the hell out of Chapo and Chapo's uh, tolerance for actually getting annoyed is very short. So I think we're going to return to seeing Chapo break. I don't know, a half dozen rackets tomorrow. We, I don't know. I would go with med. 2-0. Yeah, I would put It'd be expensive uh, though, right? I don't know. That's, well, that's a good, it's a good point. Yeah. It might be expensive, uh, but I, 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 well, hold on. Is it up? It might be up already. Actually, hold on. Yeah, I see it up. At least on my like. Remember, I use the offshore. Oh too. wow. Well, they're okay. They're, they're regulated not... now. They're regulated now. It's yeah. It's it's not up at most of them, but the one book that has it up has it like minus one eighty or something. All right. It's one, minus one sixty on Bovada at two zero. Oh, that's better. A little better. Uh whew. Minus four and a half, 21 and a half. It's 21 and a half game total. Oosh. Wow. Yeah. I thought they would re- respect Shop a little more. They just <laughs> after the back to back wins, but the books are still, gosh, this is actually... on a quick court, man. Medvedev on a quick court. They don't want any liability. They want, yeah. they don't want any of that smoke with Medvedev on a fast court. At four and a half, man. This almost makes me think there's some value on Shop. Oh, yeah. I don't want to say like, it though. Uh, Osmakers are really doing their job right there. They're not giving us anything we want to play. All right. Well, let's move to, to Fritz Rublev. I, I actually, you know, at minus 160, let's see what the market does. I feel like we might see some move. We have some time to watch some of this market movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that dips down to like minus 140, I, I would take a, a bite on the 2 0, which, which it could. I, I, the, the Shelton, the, the Shelton nine and a half that we lost on earlier, I, I played that at minus 125. Someone else told me it was minus 200 at their book. So keep an eye on, the different prices, the different books uh, at, at minus 140. Like uh, Steph Karinovich was minus 142 today. I almost played that, but then like he's kind of played him tough at times. I didn't know that Karinovich was going to wear a cyclist hat. Had I known that, I would have <laughs> definitely played Steph 2 but uh, but anyway, it's just a comparative that the, the minus 140 does does get out there in, in lopsided, seemingly lopsided matchups. Um, uh, all right, Fritz Rublev, I think the Americans uh, probably have Fritz moving on on here. But Rublev, I mean, this, I was like, is this going to, I wanted to bet him live again, but I literally lost like 
a bunch of times in a row. I think only two times, but two <laughs> two times in a row on this guy live uh, when he's down a set and he does not come back to win. I was like, is this guy really going to lose to Fonini? Like, uh, and he almost, I mean, it took a tie break to, to get out of it in the second set. So it wasn't exactly well, uh, an easy win. He needed, he needed to, like to break Fonini or mini break Fonini's serve both times at 3-2. Fonini was up 3-2 serving, like literally four points away from eliminating him, right? Uh, and lost both those points, and Rublev ended up turning that around uh, to 4-3, getting his service points, and then, bam, curtain closes. Fonini being, you know, Fabio Fonini is going to pull a Fabio Fonini, get all pissy that he blew his chance, and then just tank out the third set. So uh, I, I, I'm with you. I, I'm with you, man. I think Fritz has a great shot. I want to see the pricing, though. Fritz is a dog. I mean, if you give me Taylor Fritz in this matchup as an underdog against a more erratic Rublev, against a Rublev who hasn't been – nearly as convincing as he was earlier in the season. And with Fritz being like, I think a little bit more consistent and having a better backhand yet being able to hit his serve and forehand right there with Rublev. Give me that plus money and I'll jump in on Taylor. Yeah. Even a short favorite. I mean, I wouldn't hate a short favorite. I mean, I don't want to pay like even like minus minus one thirty would scare me with, with Fritz, but yeah. like minus, you know, one fifteen, minus one twenty, minus one twenty five. Uh, for Fritz, if it's closer to a pick'em, which I could see, I would take that. But yeah, the dream scenario is the dog, and we might get it because for whatever reason, the books hate Taylor Fritz. I mean, he's not very well respected. Derek, what do you got for Fritz Rublev? I'm just praying for that disrespect to continue. I'd take Taylor here. He definitely has a skill level to beat him. He just can't die out there, assuming that the, the conditions are, you know. But I do feel like, you know, what I always say is like Fritz needs. He needs to warm up a little bit. I feel like he's yeah. warmed up. He's got a couple tournaments under his belt now. He's he's on a roll-ish. Yeah, ish. Like, I've been putting, like, I think too much faith into him yeah. recently, you know? Like, he dicked us over last week, too. He needs that long, oh. like, that long runway to get going. He needs to never see Dan Evans on the other side of the net for the rest of his freaking career. That's what he needs. Holy cow, man. Dirt One ball match Dan. up a set and break. The next time it's like, what, 19 break points? Or was that Tommy Paul that had 19? Either way, Dan Evans terrorized Americans. Yeah. And I even tweeted out, I was like, man, if England had this guy in 1776, the War of Independence may have gone very differently. <laughs> because the, they, the Americans just cannot stop him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, holy cow. It was brutal watching those collapses against Evo. It was terrible. All right, well, let's keep it going now for the, within the same round, and then we'll kind of look forward ahead. But we have uh, Sitsipas versus Diego Schwartzman, who Schwartzman actually has a pretty good head-to-head or have been relatively competitive against Steph in their career matchups. Um, and, I, John, I know you're not a head-to-head guy, but uh, Schwartzman, I think, has always posed a, a significant challenge to Steph uh, throughout here. Um, I move Steph on. I think Steph actually is like kind of a guy to ride this week. I don't know how anyone else feels about CC Pass this week, but he weighed the final here last year. Zverev beat him. I think I said last week that he won the first set, but I, I was wrong on that. Zverev won the first set. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think that Steph's kind of getting lost in the mix here in a pretty, pretty stacked field. Uh, I have Steph going all the way to the semis, which we can go uh, one by one. But uh, yeah, I I feel like it's been a minute since we've seen some some glory of uh, one of the top players on tour, and I think this is a good chance for him to do so. Schwartzman, you know, had to go three with Karatsa, who legit stinks. So <laughs> and Molchan, he needed three for Molchan too, right? Yeah. So I don't know. What do you got? I mean, I feel like Diego might be because of the the past. Maybe there's a chance at an overplay here. But uh, but I think he's gonna gonna go on. Anyone hot taking Schwartzman over Steph here? Absolutely not. No, <laughs> not, not, not the way yeah. Schwartzman's been playing either. Not just exactly. this week in general. Like he almost lost to Karatsev, who's been on the same level as him, and that's just not a good look. You don't want to be on the same level as Karatsev these days. And dude, he had a tough time getting through to him. To think that he has a chance against Sitsipas? No, I can't take that side. No way. <laughs> What about Karatsev wins one match? He's suddenly a pick with Schwartzman. <laughs> like <laughs> this guy's lost like five matches in a row. He wins once, and like not that Schwartzman's like you know he's been a world bad group. man since like what the French or, or Rome. Schwartzman has been bad, like not mm-hmm. you know bad for his standards, just bad. Like not like bad for top ten, top fifteen. Just no, you, you suck. Just you suck. 
<laughs> like he like Molchan, as much as I love him, is still more of a clay quarter. He's added a bit of aggression. Like you should not need three sets at a Masters on a fast hard court to beat Alex Molchan. You should not. I mean, Karatsev can get hot here and there. But like even then, wasn't it? Didn't he need like a second set tiebreak to stay alive in that one or something? Like, or or it was five seven or something like that. The point is that was a really close call for him. Yeah. Right? Like say so yeah, no, he won the first set seven six, lost the second one routinely. And like momentum was with Karatsev before he just, I guess, ran out of gas. But it, like it was a close match. He lost the second and he needed a tiebreak for the first. He's just not dominating guys. He should dominate. And so now you want to come up against like Sitsi Pass. I don't know. Agreed. All right. Well, the winner of Tiafo and Corda, which uh, as we record is uh, still a couple hours away from happening, is going to take on John Isner. Isner with the surprise win against Hubie is a pretty nice dog. So congrats to whoever, you know, plugged their nose and pushed <laughs> pushed money line on Isner on that one. I mean, I think around the horn here, we probably have whoever wins that match beating Isner. But at the same time, I mean, I don't know, maybe... I mean, the whole percentage high this week, maybe the over in this match, maybe we get to a tie break here. I would actually say a tie break is, especially if it's Tiafo, I would say a tie break is almost guaranteed uh, in this Isner match. So uh, they're going to, they might, to the, they had it at 25 and a half for uh, Herc Isner. I suspect the, the game's total will be similar, um, but I, I still think they're, you know, the over could definitely be in play here any thoughts on i think you'll see that down to like 24 and a half against foe um just because you know he's a better returner than Herkatch and isner probably has a bit more of a chance against his serve um but i would still look at the over for sure on these courts well this is going to happen but who do you i i already played tiafo over corda i got him at minus 106 anyone have a play on on that match uh yeah i got tiafo as well so given my track record, like I was saying, Corda's is probably going to take that. But <laughs> <laughs> on this bracket right here, I do have Foe moving on. And Foe's actually 0-3 against Isner. Not that the sample size is any good. It's like lost to him earlier this year on clay. And then the other two matches were in 16 and 17. So that's hard to even consider those even as comps by any means. Um, but 3-0, do you think we're going to get pretty decent odds? For Tiafo, then we we might. I mean, Isner is so suspect on hardcore. If 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 it's anywhere near pick, I mean, I would play the other side. I was going to say, I was like, where would you where would you want like what price would you want to bet him? I was going to say, if it's a pick him, I'll be on Tiafo for sure. Yeah, I, I would probably be on reverse. Uh, I'm trying to think of what I got Brooksby at. I think versus Isner uh, in Atlanta. I think that was like minus one thirty. I would I would play that for sure. I feel like if you just bet the over on every single damn match, you'd probably just win in the end. Yeah, Tiafo served though. I want to give a, a a little space to talk about that for a minute. It's uh, he's served insane in Washington against uh, Nick in the first two sets. His serve was awesome against Berrettini. Uh, I wagered quite a bit of money on Berrettini in that <laughs> in that match, uh, and I lost seeing the reason that I bet that was that Berrettini would not get broken, which he was not, <laughs> and he still found a way to lose, Yeah, um, which was awesome to see your read play out and still lose. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, I, I, I have a lot of a growing respect for Chiafo. I, I think the guy is improving, and I think Chiafo, he had a great, this is, we're getting, we're in mid-August now, the USO is going to come fast and be gone. Tiapo had a great fall last year, and I think he's on track to have a great fall again. So let's let's not forget about Tiapo in about four weeks, five weeks. You know, it, it makes sense too because you look at his success in his career. A lot of it on he's he's had good times on grass. You know, this summer and into the fall, that's when the courts get quicker, right? That's when you get indoors in like Antwerp, uh, Metz in France. Like these places have quicker courts, and Tiapo's game is well suited to them because he's got that shot making ability he's got that athleticism that can he can pull points on his opponent's serve to to like neutral rally points and then when his own serve and forehand which let's face it he doesn't have the biggest weapons out there but when you have a quick court assisting you and like that the power plays up a bit and it becomes easier for him to hold right that's where he can find more holds he's got less pressure on his serve and then he could use his superior athleticism and shot making ability to kind of 
like wrestle his way into return games and apply pressure that way. And I think, you know, we've seen it bear out. We talked, you know, the fall has quicker courts in general. We've seen it grass season after grass season. He's pulled off some upsets. Um, and so, yeah, I think he's definitely primed for, for some success on that portion of the calendar. Do you right. think that the courts are, are fast enough here at Cincinnati for Tiafo to kind of make a run here? Oh yeah. I mean, these are the, fa- some of the fastest outdoor hard courts you're going to find. It's like the Australian, Hard court, Cincinnati and Shanghai, but we haven't seen Shanghai and this is going to be the third straight year now. So, I mean, you can almost cross that one off the list and say outside of, you know, this in Australia, probably I'm trying to think, rack my brain of like maybe a small 250. Some listeners going to be like, no, you missed small 250 in like Nowhereville. <laughs> like Pune, Pune, India is actually very quick as well. Um, that's early in the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like outside of those ones, like this, these are some of the fastest outdoor courts you're going to get. Well, let's uh, re-wreck this from the bottom up then, because, okay, let's say, uh, you know, let's move Tiafo, even though, you know, let's move Tiafo on, let's say there's a, a, a Steph Tiafo quarterfinal. I mean, would you want to make a play on, on, on Tiafo there? Or like, let's say I, I'm going to move, uh, Steph is in the quarterfinals. Let's put him on. So we're, let's say he's got Isner, Tiafo, Corda. Would you play one of those as a dog against Steph in the quarters? I think that Sissy Pass is going to make it to the semis. I don't have a very good reasoning for this. I mean, that's a just a kind of a gut instinct. I, I want to hear John's opinion on this one. So I'm using I'm I'm like I'm looking down on, on Flashcore because the ATP draw from their site is still you know way behind. So it's, yeah, thank you know thank you to Flashcore for giving me like the live current iteration of the draw. <laughs> and you know like yeah I agree Schwartz you know, he's gonna get through Schwartz. If he loses to Schwartzman I'd be really concerned because he hasn't had the greatest season. You know his French Open was very disappointing as well as Holger Runa played. And then if he loses to Schwartzman here, like that's a little bit worrisome. If not, and he does get through, I would, I, I would love the over for any of those players. The is the, I would root against Isner just because one, his game is boring. And two, the over would instantly put it like 25 and a half with those two struggling on return and those massive serves in the fast courts, like instantly, they're just going to kill all value on the over like protect themselves from liability, them being the books. But if you can get Fo or Corda, you know, yes, I would probably dabble on the underdog money line, but I would also love like first set overs, match overs, over two and a half sets. You know, I, I think, again, the price has to be right, but I do think the price would be right um, for all of those kinds of plays. Yeah, I think the overs are, are definitely a, a way to blind play this moving forward unless you're it's ben shelton though because uh, he might just up and win <laughs> out of nowhere but uh uh but yeah i think that's good conventional wisdom that the overs uh are definitely in play especially with everyone we mentioned uh maybe not less maybe less corda uh pretty strong servers in general all right well let's look at the the top half here so it's going to be we're all on board with med making the quarters so then it's medvedev versus uh fritz or rublev and i i i think med's I think Med's I got Med in the final. I don't I don't see any reason to believe Med would not make the final, to be honest. But there's different ways this could play out. I'm very chalky. I'll probably John. like I'll I'll end up degening money on Fritz if he if he beats Rublev and plays Medvedev. I'll degen some money on that. I'm not saying he's going to win. I just think that like enough of the time he will pull that upset that'll it'll make it worth it in terms of you know your implied probabilities. I think you're gonna get like if you get plus 250 plus 300 on Fritz there. Uh, I do think it, it's worth a shot uh, against Medvedev. But we'll see if he gets there because he's still got to beat Rublev. So tough match. Yeah. And Rublev, I believe, has one win against Medvedev. And it might have been at this tournament last year. Oh, he was- hates playing Medvedev, though. He hates playing Medvedev. Medvedev picks him apart. Yeah. 100%. He might have he might have a win or two, but like he hates playing meds because meds is just like I'll serve with you and I'll like hold easily, and then I've got the way better like defensive return, prolong the rally game, and I can wait out your stupid overhitting unforced errors. And then he just yeah he 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 does not like playing Medvedev. Rublev yeah. that is. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's say let's play out both scenarios here. So Medvedev Tsitsipas semifinal. Um, what's the famous line? Um, that he says like a small small kid who wants to fight or something like that small this kid a... who can't fight or something yeah. like that yeah uh we got gotta... like, i thought you were talking about the you shut your f up yeah yeah, yeah that too <laughs> <laughs> we've got a legit uh rivalry uh potential in this in this semifinal here i mean medvedev has kind of owned him in the last uh the last 
few iterations of this <laughs> rivalry. And I, I don't see any reason, especially on these quick hard courts, for that to, to not play out in Med's favor once again. I don't know how you guys feel. No, I feel the same way. I kind of want to go back to Med and Fritz, though. You know, they never, you know, they never played each other. Oh, yeah. And I got to imagine just Med's just unique style of gameplay. It's, it's kind of has an advantage over Fritz. But um, I wonder if somebody has some stats, though, just like the first time playing Med and what the record is. Because I imagine it's it's got to be kind of lopsided towards Med. I'm just guessing. But I think that's something to look into. It's like one of those uh, slice happy on the women's side, one of those slice happy drop shotters or those kinds of players. If you haven't played them yeah. before, they can be really tough to kind of get used to or get into a rhythm against. Yeah, like Shang I will say though, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, or Kirsten Flipkins, exactly. Those two were the exact ones I was thinking about. But like Taylor, like I do think Taylor Fritz is the is the person here who matches up best with them. Isner, Korda, Tiavo, Tsitsipas, Schwartzman, Rublev, Shapovalov. I mean, if someone's going to stop Medvedev from the final, I, I do think that Taylor Fritz has the best shot. He's got the most sturdy backhand. He's athletic enough to, to stick around the long points. He's got some consistency and that he's, he's, he has the ability to find cheap points with his serve forehand, right? So he has all the kind of elements you'd want to not necessarily like be a favorite against Medvedev. I'm not saying that, but he certainly can, I would think, compete with him or at least keep it close and stay in touch. Yeah, if I were to have to say what the biggest hurdle is for Medvedev to get to the final, I'd definitely say it was Fritz. Definitely over Sitsipas. And if I hadn't, uh, we've actually been routine on this podcast. Uh, this is like our fourth straight recording, which is great. Uh, that's actually probably why our numbers are going up because we're actually <laughs> being relatively consistent and reliable. And if I hadn't, over the course of the last month, picked Fritz uh, every fucking episode, <laughs> I, might have been, I might have been more apt to pick Fritz here or a little bit more on the fr- I I would probably say if this was like a month ago i'd be like fuck yeah fritz is gonna win this shit uh but i watched him literally almost die in a match uh <laughs> over the time span so i'm cooling off my fritz uh my fritz love and hype here and, and that's uh, that's the one time he'll end up coming through now Watch. that's the one time he'll come through <laughs> i know right that's like uh, people who have bet golf they like the one time they they don't bet their golfer like Zell, like everyone bets del torres every week and then they're like, ah, fuck it. I'm not going to bet Zaltoris this week. And <laughs> that's the way he wins. <laughs> All right, guys. It sounds like we could think Fritz could make the final, uh, but a lot of us think Med is going to be there. Let's look at the bottom half and, and keep it moving here. I think we talked about Shelton and Nori. I think, uh, you know, I moved Shelton on just for, for fun, fun sake. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play him here. But Nori, I think probably a safer bet. Any quick thoughts that we might have left hanging from the last time? We spoke about this about 20 minutes ago. Nothing much. I mean, it's just lefty on lefty crimes. Uh, I'm going to just throw a half unit on Shelton money line right there. He already dicked me over on that over bet that I took earlier today. Uh, his greatness was underestimated by me. And I will apologize yep. by taking a half unit on the money line. <laughs> I get uh, I get a lefty through to the quarterfinals, so I'm happy. Um, but I'm, ta- I'm looking at it more and more. and I'm just like talking myself more and more into to Ben Shelton. I almost, I always, always want to say Blake Shelton because I listen to country music and I always see B Shelton. And the first thing is like, Blake, nah, man, Ben Shelton's taken over. He's going to be the most famous B Shelton soon enough. <laughs> but um, I want to see a Carlos. Like, I think everyone should be rooting for Ben Shelton because as respectable as Cam Norrie has been and consistent as he's been, like, I'm sorry, but if you can get a Carlos Alcaraz Ben Shelton match in that quarterfinal, like, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to end up like having to record that on the DVR because I'm going up north where I've got no internet, no TV for the weekend. So it's going to be really annoying if I have to miss a Ben Shelton Carlos Alcaraz match, but I'm rooting for it. And I do think the more I think about it, I do think he has a shot. Like, his serve is big enough to even trouble Cam Nori, especially Cam Nori played against Andy Murray. You can't like wait that too much into it like you can't be like oh he played poorly with Andy Murray well that's could be an outlier and tomorrow he could be great again right return wise but Shelton's serve and forehand are bigger than Murray's by a wide margin and he's got the quick court so even if Norrie does step up his game on return like he's also playing a bigger like serve forehand so he he's he's really gonna have to make a huge leap and I'm talking myself more and more and more into into playing Ben Shelton on uh on Thursday first of all uh how dare you for logging off John and going up north and uh (laughs) away from the internet 
Come on, man. U.S. Open's coming. U.S. Open's coming. So, uh, like, before the, the busy season, it's it's time to to unplug and, uh, and enjoy some uh, cottage time. What does going up north mean for somebody that lives in Canada? Like, <laughs> when we, south, like, we're south of a bunch, man. Like, tr- Toronto, look at, look at the map. We're south of a bunch of the states. Right? Oh, yeah. Toronto's way down in, like, a little inlet or pin, whatever you call it. We're like south of Detroit, I think. Like if you're from Detroit, I'm pretty sh- no, that's no, that's southwest Ontario. But if you're like northern Minnesota or like northern mm-hmm. North Dakota or any of those, you know, country yeah. areas, you're north of Toronto. So we drive two, three hours north to go up to the lake and the cottage and unwind kind of thing. Got it. Yeah, Vancouver is more west than Los Angeles. Some geographical facts for all you tennis listeners. <laughs> Boom. Bonus <laughs> content. You didn't know you were getting, huh? Geography lessons. <laughs> Geography lessons. On a tennis betting pod. I love it. Exactly. All right. Well, let's circle it back to why we're here. Chilich and Alcaraz is a, a matchup of uh, people who have people have both these guys in their pocket uh, on futures. Um, I listened to um, the game bet match pod, which is great that Bet Rivers does. The one guy had a Chilich future. The one guy had an Alcaraz future on this match. So uh, that one of the, one of those guys is walking away with a dead ticket from this match. Uh, I moved Alcaraz on, and it's time, baby. Let's go. It's time to fire Alcaraz back up and keep it moving. I, I think it's. I, I'm part of the, the. We're getting some. We're getting Carlos back this week. I'm buying that narrative. Yeah, I'm with that. With these fast courts or over Chilich. Yeah. yeah, it's a little too. It's it's a little too quick for me. Uh, the courts that those that is like, look, Mackie McDonald prefers quick courts. Good on like you know his game plays up on them. He kind of needs. He's got the flat ball, but he's just he does not have the necessary weapons to rush or to neutralize Alcaraz's insane return and insane athletic game. You know now we're gonna see how he really fares. Like quick courts have not been his bread and butter by any means. It's been slow hard courts in Miami, clay, etc. You know. He pushed Berrettini in Australia, which are quicker, which is a great result. And I think, what was he? Did he beat Sitsi Pass in five last year at the U.S. Open? Those are like medium, medium quick. Like, okay. I want to see him play against the Chilich serve forehand. I want to I want to see how he looks there. If he beats Chilich like two and two, all right. We can talk about, you know, getting behind him to do well on a, on a fast court. But I'm not there yet. And like, Chilich is a totally different beast from Mackie McDonald. So I kind of want to like wait and see how that one plays out. But if that one, if he does look great there, then I'm going to be scared for uh, for my boy, Ben Shelton. I do feel like the timeline might be on Chilich. I feel like Chilich is going to be a real hot dog. Hot dog. Jesus, man. I've been doing this all hot week dog. on podcasts. <laughs> I said, I was talking about Derek Carr on the football pod, and I said the coach was going to gas Carr up. I'm like, I didn't even like say that on purpose. <laughs> it just like happened. No, I'm saying hot dog. Jesus. Just to show how free-flowing the show is. Okay, so... um. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, I feel like Chilich is going to be a hot pick anyway. And uh, understandably so. Carlos has been not good. And especially if he's going long. I, I said this last week. A telltale sign to bet against Carlos is when he's going long. If he's going long, the kid's not going to get it back. I watched this time and time again when, when he loses. Even as far back, my, my first example was when he lost to Michael Emer in Winston-Salem last year, which he was up a break and then suddenly just couldn't get it in the freaking court. Yeah, he was like the comeback kid earlier this year. And then that formula does not work anymore for him. Like he used to be Mr. Reliable there down the stretch. Not, not anymore. If he's down a break, dude, he's not going to get that thing back. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I just, I still think we're going to get the stud kid back. You know, he, I think last week was a, 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 a tough pill to swallow. I don't know if anyone saw that photo of him lurched over the uh, gym equipment, kind of sulking after the Tommy Paul match. Wasn't that with Medvedev in the background? Medvedev lost that day too. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah it's a different week chillich i believe has won cincinnati before so he's not you know a dud pick here uh, i just prefer alcaraz and it would be great to get a solid line on on this match actually it's probably up it's it is it is um it opened at Pinnacle, oh it was like- not a solid line four okay jesus christ how plus- do you not play chillich plus four <laughs> well he's also like Ooh. the over i think might look better i just don't yeah. want to Watch, you know, Chilich win 7-6 in the first set. So you got like a five-game cushion. Then Alcaraz gets a 6-4. And then in that third, if it's if he's starting to time up Chilich's serve, he's seen it for a full two sets, right? He's like, okay, it's really tough to return. But after two sets, you know, if you get like a 6-1 or 6-2, or like a 6-2 in that freaking uh, third set after 
winning the first, that plus four goes down by a game, you're going to kick yourself. So I'd, I'd, I'd prefer if you like Chilich to compete the over there. I think might be a bit of a better look. Um, I just, Al- Alcaraz's returning just scares the holy bejeebies out of me on plus games mm. against him. You know what I mean? Like, even on a fast part with Chilich's serve, I'm like, I'll take the over. I'm not, I'm not going to take a bad beat on like plus four games against Alcaraz. I just refuse to, but it's a, it's a good barometer match for uh, Carlos for sure. What about the fact that it's a neutral 22 on the game's total? I mean, I, I would say a tie break is pretty in play in the, in this match. You don't even have to go to 22 and a half there eh? with Chilich's serve on them. Hmm. That's probably the look I'm going to go with. And I might dabble on the Chilich money line, even though I really want to see Alcaraz Shelton. Like, he opened plus two seventy five, which seemed like a bit much. It's up to like plus three twenty now. That's insane at, uh, at my books. So it's a little much. A little much. All right, well, let's keep it moving. Uh, FAA versus Center is a match that uh, I'm excited to watch. Uh, less excited to prognosticate, to be honest, because <laughs> um, uh, I want to pick Center here. I, I think I will pick Center here, but man, Felix could win this match. This is another one that could come down to tie breaks. I still trust Felix's serve a little bit more. I feel like this is a good week to, to, to bet on servers. And as much as we've seen centers serve, you know, improve, Felix kind of has an edge here. What's what's the line on the, is that? That is up. And, uh, oh, here we go. Uh, center is minus 134, a short favorite against FAA plus 114. Yeah. Hmm. I got Felix moving on to the final, by the way. Ooh. I don't know if that's a deep pick or what, but yeah. Sorry, Rafa fans. So, yeah, I got Felix moving on against Sinner here. Like, it's kind of a pick em for me. I mean, it's a pick em pretty much on Bobotti Price, well. yeah. Yeah. So. I've got a plus 118 on Felix. I'll be on that. Just because, like, the, the thing is, he can be one match, just look like he did today. And then the very next match, he can look like he did against Casper Rude last week. But I don't know if he's ever been broken on a hard court in his first five service games like he was against Root, or was it four? Either way, I don't think he held until deep into the second set. Remember, that one game in the first set was the first game of the match he broke Root. If we just want to take away his peaks and valleys, and we evaluate the game like the serve, the ground strokes are right there with Sinner, and he's infinitely more athletic for the size of those two guys. Like, Sinner moves like a giraffe. I agree. And Felix moves a lot better and it's just like it's just the consistency factor like sinner is almost always you've got to play extremely well to beat him whereas felix can beat himself and i feel like the books and the market have priced that in a lot here but i just think felix is on a quick court i'd, I'd rather have felix sinner uh, did not look great for long long stretches of the kakanakis match um last time out here now granted every match is I- its own journey but and there but was I mean, a, there was a, a point where he was in fuego uh, to surge ahead in the second set to uh, to 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 level. Kakanakis won the first set through tiebreak and then like disappeared in the second. But then it was a battle in the in the third set again. So and, and you know Kakanakis basically has one thing: the serve. So you know uh, not you, can, you can't always compare head to heads, but uh, the big serve on these courts should play well for Felix and I would not blame anyone for chasing the dog in this one I was gonna say I was like that's exactly it the one thing that that Kokonakis and Felix do have like if you want to try and make them comparables in terms of the matchup with center is the serve and then you take a look at Kokonakis's break percentages and like return points one I mean he's atrocious on return right so to have him get to a third set tie break it's I feel like Felix is gonna have like I don't want to say has to beat himself for center to win because center obviously has the talent to you know like take it to Felix and win the match on on his own merits. But if Felix is playing at the top of his game and he's a better returner than Kokonakis and he's more athletic than Kokonakis and he's more athletic and moves better than Sinner and his service clicking, it's going to be really tough for Sinner to get through this matchup. I think this is a pretty decent style matchup for Felix. So to have him as a dog, I'll certainly be playing Felix in this one. And he'd like, I get to cheer for the likable Canadian, right? Yeah. Yeah. The one without the horrible rap album. <laughs> yeah. He's from your rival city though. Yeah, I know. The Montrealers are so much more likable than the Torontonian tennis players. BB and Dennis versus Layla and uh, and Felix. It's brutal. All right. Well, let's keep it moving here. I, I, I moved on center. I don't know. I just I feel like center had all the hype. Now we're just like 
<laughs> like the center was like leveling up, then he loses like a couple matches. Now we're just picking Felix to beat him. But I, I, I think that what we've laid out makes a lot of sense. Uh, I just, uh, I'm going to go with Yannick here. So we have now you've moved on Felix versus Nadal. Um, I well, Nadal has to to beat Chorich, which I is not. You know, he might not. It's his first time out. Um, I think that he will. Obviously, if he doesn't, then I think Felix or Center got to make the the semis. <laughs> <laughs> from that bottom half sounds like uh john do you have either yannick or felix what do you think about either of those guys versus nadal i think we need to give we need to put a little respect onto the name of a certain roberto bautista uh-huh. and i'll be cheering for rba like i love that little warrior out there on court <laughs> and he plays well on quick courts the only thing i would say is uh, i think brooksby if he didn't get hurt um which he you know tried to solve by eating hamburgers uh, in that match against <laughs> rba <laughs> Um, are, you know, the, I don't know if those were like laced with Gatorade or something, <laughs> <laughs> but they were not to solve and he lost in trades to RBA, but, uh, Brooksby was given RBA some trouble. So, I mean, I don't know, man, RBA, we, we did, uh, he did have the, the, the title run, but he has not, tr- you know, trended very, very threatening, uh, to me this year i feel like brooksby's gatorade is usually laced with hamburgers <laughs> <laughs> let's kind of uh round to the finish here who do you guys have in the semis in this bottom half uh i have alcaraz nadal i got alcaraz felix i'm gonna go felix and i mean i should be taking alcaraz but i'm going ben shelton <laughs> yes, yes i love it <laughs> yes that way we got somebody if you're gonna be a fan be a fan like if you're gonna <laughs> yeah. be a fan be biased let the emotions yeah. get in the way, whatever. I know it's no. a handicapping podcast, so I probably shouldn't do that. But yeah, I mean, he has a chance. I think he has a chance against either anyone there, Chilich, Alcaraz, and Nori. I think he's got a good shot if he's playing the way he's playing. Yeah. If you're going to be a fan, be a homer sometimes, you know? Yeah. I love it. All right, Shelton, let's go. All right. Uh, I got Medvedev beating Faye Leaks. Uh, Medvedev's 4-0 and against him. I know John hates the head-to-head previous matchups, but um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just can't imagine in breaking that streak. John, what do you think? Uh, your uh, how is this weekend going to end up? I'm just going way off the board here. I'm going to go. Ben Fritz Shelton. beats Fritz beats Felix in the final. Ooh, I, mean, I, I think it. I think I think Ben runs out of steam and Felix has a, such a big game that it's going to be really tough for him to keep it going. But yeah, so I got Felix over Shelton. I got Fritz uh, over Sitsi Pass and Fritz over Felix. I feel like I me and Dave yeah. are gonna, supposed to be the ones to pick. Fritz to win the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the we, California guys. What's going on here? <laughs> As I said, uh been burned. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've changed my priors. <laughs> Same. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, this has been fun once again. John, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I feel like we kind of, I mean, if you made it here, you've gotten a lot of info and, and uh, breakdowns of uh, all these potential matchups. And I think a general fun conversation about the ATP and tennis. Uh, that's why we're here. If you like it, subscribe to us. Subscribe to John. His Tidbits Tennis. Look out for everything he does. Uh, John, you want to do some plugging here? Yeah, just at Tidbits Tennis on the timeline. And then, you know, you, I'll, I'll be posting all the content I do there. I'm hoping the pod comes back um, at some point. I just need to, once I get a co-host, I'll be uh, I'll be good to go. It's, it's a little too tough solo uh, to maintain. But, yeah, I'm hoping to, to bring that back. But all the articles and stuff I publish can be found at Tidbits Tennis on Twitter. Well, you're always welcome here to hop on and talk. I feel like this is a good mix here, so hopefully we'll do it again soon. Cheers. Uh, Thanks for having me. All right, um, Derek, any last thoughts? Not much. Uh, It's been great just doing this every single week, and uh, obviously the U.S. Open's around the corner, so just keep tuning back in, and we'll be covering U.S. Open as well. Follow us at MP9 Tennis. uh, Subscribe uh, to wherever your favorite podcast feed is, and uh, until next time, see you on the court.